Welcome to the 23 Minutes in Hell podcast. Author and speaker Bill Weiss and his wife Annette address the many questions we all have about hell and eternity. Bill and Annette believe the subject of hell shouldn't grip us with fear, but instead, it should inspire us to use our time on earth wisely. Thank you for joining my wife and I. Today we are answering the question, how can the body in hell not burn up? Well, first of all, 1 Corinthians 15.44 mentions that there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. The spirit body a person is equipped with in hell has different limitations and endurance capabilities. That's so true, Bill. You know, this would be similar to the burning bush where the bush was not consumed, right? In the book of Exodus, Exodus 3, 2 says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. That's right. It's a good example. And Matthew 10, 28 says, fear him who Jesus said this, Fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So this verse points out that there is a body that exists in hell. Right. You know, Matthew Henry's commentary, page 1663 and 1681 says, Hell is the destruction of both soul and body, not of the being of either, but the well-being of both. It is the ruin of the whole man. Hell is a furnace of fire kindled by the wrath of God and kept burning by the bundles of tares cast into it, who will be ever in the consuming but never consumed. Mm, that's a good quote. It is. You know, Romans 9.22 could, po- uh, could possibly be... Could possibly be a yeah, verse. Yeah, possibly be a verse that explains this, right? That's right. I mean, what if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. I mean, this verse mentions a vessel or a human being, according to the vines, being prepared for destruction or for hell, That's right? Right. right. And so, and destroyed or destruction, it means just a, a continual well, ruination, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You know, in addition, the fire itself is prepared. Matthew 25, 41 says, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So notice, not only hell is prepared, which means make ready, but also the fire is prepared. I mean, most people don't pick that up, but it says the fire is prepared. So the fire is prepared, but it also is a literal fire, which would affect even a spiritual body. Now, here are several verses showing that it's uh, an actual fire. Um, Revelation 19.20 says, These two uh, were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. So now it's a lake that's burning. you know. And Revelation 21.8 says, The lake which burns with fire and brimstone. Revelation 14.10 says, And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. So again, notice it's not a person's mental anguish or burning uh, thoughts, but it's the fire, the lake that's burning with fire. Yeah, that's a good point, Bill. You know, I think a lot of people sometimes get confused thinking, you know, we're talking about a physical body, just as our physical body we possess here on earth, and we're not. It's a spiritual body, obviously, that endures. It's in another dimension. Even the fire is burning. It can be, it's literal fire, but it may not have all the same properties as on the earth, right? 
It might not be, but we don't know for sure. But it is a fire prepared. Yes, prepared for hell. Exactly. But also in Revelation 9 talks about when the bottomless pit is open, that's down in the center of the earth. It says there arose a great smoke out of this pit and it darkened our sky. So it had to be a real literal fire to produce that real smoke that darkened our sky. That's a real good It couldn't have been a metaphorical fire because it wouldn't have produced real smoke to darken our sky. So I believe it's literal fire, but it affects a spirit body also, just like a physical body. Yeah. It it affects it in the same way. Yes. And, you know, that's another dimension, the spiritual realm as well, you know, that we can't see into unless God opens our eyes to see into it. Right, exactly. And that's where all this exists. Right. You know, Holman's Bible Dictionary, page 745 and 46 states, the parable of the tares in Matthew 13, which mentions eternal judgment, says, the son of man, the world, children of the kingdom, the children of the wicked one, the devil, the end of the world, the angels, the gathering are all literal figures in the parable. It is then natural to conclude that the burning of the tares should also be taken literally, quote. Right, right. So that's the burning. It's, it's actual literally. You know, Charles Spurgeon in the book Hell Under Fire, page 28, said, There is a real fire in hell as truly as you now have a real body, a fire exactly like that which we have on the earth. Oh, that's a really good quote. Right. And this next verse also gives us a hint that the body is prepared. Mark 9, 47 and 48 says, And if uh, your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. For This is the part. For everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Now, could this indicate that since salt is a preservative, the body in hell is preserved? Read, mm, the, read, this next, uh, read this next thing. Yes, Believer's Bible Commentary, page 1345 states, quote, Salt typifies that which preserves, purifies, and seasons. If everyone means the unsaved, then the thought is that they will be preserved in the fires of hell, that they will suffer eternal punishment, quote. Right. Right, they're, they're um, commenting on that same verse we just read, Mark nine forty seven, about the... So the analogy sacri- of the salt being a preservative. Right. Therefore, yep. they're also preserved in hell somehow in the fires and, and for eternity. Exactly. And Jameson Fawcett Brown's commentary, page 971, also mentions this as a possibility. Now, in Luke sixteen twenty four, Jesus was informing us about the rich man in hell. The rich man... Uh, asked Abraham to have Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, he said, for I am tormented in this flame. Now, this man had a tongue, and he thirsted. He had eyes, and he had a mouth to speak. Uh, He felt the torment of the flame. He could think, and he remembered his family and didn't want them to come there. He knew they needed to repent. Now, in addition, he recognized Abraham and Lazarus, so they must have had spirit bodies to be seen and recognizable. The spirit bodies that they all had must have looked similar to the physical body because he recognized them. Also notice, it was only, uh, if it was only a metaphorical fire or burning thoughts of mental anguish, as some say, why would water suffice? And he wanted to cool his tongue 
tormenting thoughts wouldn't be satisfied by water. Yes, good point. And right. Bill, when you had your experience and you were actually you suffered some torment in hell when you had your 23 minutes in hell experience, you noticed you had a body. Right. Right. Uh, and the vision God gave me uh, of hell, you know, that I had 23 minutes in hell that I wrote about, uh, my body appeared the same as the one I have now. Now, I need to point out that I do not know if the body I had in my vision was the same as someone's body in hell. You know, I was there in my spirit body, but I was not condemned to hell. I was in a vision. So I don't know if it was the same, but it appeared to be the same. Yeah, it looked like your body, right, on the earth. Right. It still I, looked like you. Right. And when the demons tore my flesh, uh, there was no blood or water coming from the wounds. It was just all dry. But we know Le Leviticus 17.11 says the life of the flesh is in the blood. Well, there's no life in hell, so there's no blood. And so that was uh, something I had noticed. Yes, and in Ezekiel 32, um, 21 through 29, it says, The strong among the mighty shall speak to him out of the midst of hell. Her graves are round about him. They are gone down to hell with their weapons of war, and they have laid their swords under their heads. But their iniquity shall be upon their bones with them that go down to the pit. So notice here they had to have a body because they could speak. It mentions their heads and bones. So again, Bill, there had to be a body of some kind. Exactly. Isaiah 14, 9 and 10 states that those in hell could speak and they experienced weakness in their bodies. And uh, they met those entering hell. So they must have had a body of some kind to be seen. Yeah, good point. You know? You know, and the body of Jesus at his resurrection, he could eat, be handled. He had flesh and bone, but no blood. And that body could pass through, his body could pass through walls. It is a glorified body that God will also give us. So if God can prepare a body like that, he can prepare a body that can withstand burning. That's right. You know, it's interesting that the resurrection body of Jesus uh, had no blood, right? He said it had no blood, and neither does the body in hell. And like I gave that scripture in Leviticus 17.11. So that's an interesting, just side note. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and here are just a few verses about possessing a body in hell. And we'll just quickly quote these again. Um, Proverbs 1.12, Let us swallow them up alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. So notice, and whole, right, right? right, Like those who go down into the pit. In Matthew 10, 28, again, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Luke 12, 4 and 5 says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but after that have no more they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. That's right. Fear the Lord. You know, but the point is there is a body. People, they have some kind of a body in hell. But, you know, the word destroy, some say, uh, you know, uh, well, first of all, uh, Matthew 10, 28 talks about destroy, both soul and body in hell. Well, Thayer's Greek lexicon states that the word is apolemi, and it means to be delivered up to eternal ruination. It doesn't mean to annihilate. Vine's... Uh, Expository Dictionary, page 164, says, not the loss of being, but the loss of well-being. And Strong's Concordance says, to kill and carries with it the root meaning to ruin. 
See, that's different than annihilate. Some scholars point out that the word for annihilate in the Greek is the word ekmodeniso, and uh, it is not found. That word is not even found in the New Testament. So the word is not ekmodeniso. It's the word apolomai. Just want to make that point. So destroy does not mean annihilate. There is no annihilation of those who go to hell. Exactly. The body is continuing suffering. The spirit, soul, and the body is in hell. Right. So we see then by examining the rich man's account in Luke 16 and Ezekiel 32 and Isaiah 14 and these above-mentioned verses, a person has some kind of body in hell, but it's a spiritual body, remember, as 1 Corinthians 15, 44 mentions. Yes, okay, to sum it up then, the body in hell could be preserved or the fire could have been prepared, like the burning bush not being consumed. And as we see by the scriptures, a spirit body in hell does have similar characteristics as our physical body here on the earth. And there is no way to fully understand this, even with these these verses. Right. But a few examples in the Bible, Bill, that illustrate supernatural occurrences, right, that aren't always easy to understand because there's a supernatural element to them, right. include... You know, how did God bring back the going down of the sundial 10 degrees as he did in Isaiah 38, 8? That's right. Or how did he stop the rotation of the earth for the space of about a whole day as he did in Joshua 10, 13? That's right. And what about the swallowing of Jonah with a great fish and preserving him in its belly for three days in Jonah 1.17? Another supernatural miracle. Exactly. Or how could he stop a river from flowing downstream and not have it overflow around those who crossed in Joshua 4.23? I know. And what about how he will turn all the water on the whole earth to blood during the tribulation in Revelation 16.6? just as he did with the river into blood with the plagues in Egypt in Exodus 7.20. That's right. And there's so many more miracles and uh, things that defy gravity and the laws that you know are present on the earth that God has done all throughout the pages of the Bible. Right. He had an uh, axe head float up to the surface, you know, when he put a stick in the water. and Yeah, the virgin the birth. The thing floated. Oh, so many It goes on and on. <laughs> That's right. You know, we are extremely limited in our knowledge, you know, and our puny minds cannot even fathom the depth and knowledge of an almighty, infinitely powerful, eternal God. Now, if God can prepare for such, such a glorious heavenly body, I don't think, again, that he would have a problem preparing a body that would not be consumed by the fires of hell. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to leave us a rating or comment. We value your feedback. Stay in touch and learn more about this ministry by visiting us at soulchoiceministries.org.